actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. This past week, we, collectively, but more specifically, the residents of the Atlanta metro area have been hit with a genuine mass murderer, one which will likely be classified as a spree killer, and whose crimes has had much more widespread national publicity than any other criminal in quite some time. As I've stated before on some of my Facebook posts and other group posts, depending on the area or jurisdiction, and sometimes even specifically the agency, 911 calls are subject to being withheld. A request for any 911 calls pertaining to this particular incident in Cherokee County, the requests for those were denied, stating that it was not subject to public disclosure, mainly due to this being involved with a pending prosecution of a criminal and unlawful activity. This was only for the part of the case in Cherokee County, though. However, a full CAD report, or a computer-aided dispatch report, has been made available to me. This is generally the piece of the call that I would get to see sitting at my dispatch console. Requests for the Atlanta portion of this incident have been granted with two separate 911 calls. So let's go ahead and get into some of the details where this started at. The first call came in at around 4.54 p.m., it stated that three people were shot and all three were dead. Details available to me and the remainder of the media are a little bit sketchy at the moment, but it seems that the first caller was maybe a customer of this massage parlor. He then found a fourth person that was shot, and that person seemed to still be breathing. That was the report that he gave to the dispatcher anyway. At this point, he, the caller, stated he was going to go back and get his gun just in case the suspect came back. Police got to the scene pretty rapidly after the first call. When police got to the scene, they first reported a male bleeding from the face and found at least one female body in the back. At exactly 5 p.m., officers had searched the entire building 
and deem the business clear of suspects. This is always necessary to do just in case there was more than one suspect or there was conflicting information if the suspect had left or not, so on and so forth. So being they had figured out that there was no suspect there on the scene, they started looking around, seeing what they could find evidence-wise. At this point, some surveillance video, they looked at it, they found it, they looked at it, and a probable suspect was identified. The suspect was described on the police radio as a male white with a gray and red jacket and got into a black Hyundai Santa Fe, or later they actually revised it to say either a Santa Fe or a Tucson, with a luggage rack and chrome wheels. That's what he was driving when he left. At this point, the Cherokee County Sheriff's Department started shutting down various main exit roads from the area. Unfortunately, it was too late. The suspect already made it out of the area. While the suspect was fleeing, police found a total of five victims at the first location, which was Young's Asian Massage in Ackworth, Georgia. Of the five that were shot, two were dead at the scene. Two were transported to a hospital that later died, and one person did survive. While more information was being gathered and spread out in various areas, the suspect was making his way south into Atlanta. From the original location in Ackworth, it's about a 30-minute drive, a little bit more than 30 minutes south of Ackworth into Atlanta on Piedmont Road, where the next two locations were hit. I say 30 minutes, and that's dependent upon Atlanta traffic, which at any time of the day can be horrendous. I'm not exactly sure what time the suspect got on the scene, but the first call came in from the second location at 544. I'm answering on what we're discussing. Emergency. This is 1915 we need a robbery here. That guy. That's why we need a uh, police. You know. It's a robbery there. Yeah. Okay. What is this? A house apartment or business? Cold spa. I can't hear you. Cold spa. Okay. All right. You have a description oh, of him, ma'am. Uh, hurry. Do you have a description of him, ma'am? Uh, we need to hide right now. That's why. Please. Is it a male or female? They have a gun, but it's like not a real gun. That's why. They have a gun, you said? Yeah, but it's not a real gun. That's why. Where is he at in the building? Um, this is a gorgeous spa. I know. Where is the person who is robbing the spa? Where is he right now? I don't know. I'm hiding right now. Okay. Uh, did you have a description of him? Did you see him? Oh, yeah, it's a white guy. A white male? What is he wearing? I don't know. Please come, okay? What's your name, ma'am? My name is Lincoln. Okay. All right, what room are you in? Thank you, please. On this call, as you could tell, it was pretty hard to understand everything that was said. And even this was with me boosting some of the caller's audio to make it louder and more understandable. There was obviously an issue with language on this call. The caller did speak English, 
but from the sound of it, I don't believe that's her native language. There were potentially some errors in the translation, which can happen from going from a language into English, which is reportedly the hardest language on earth to learn. The caller initially gave the address and the name of the location, which was the Gold Massage Spa, then stated that there was a robbery. She may have thought this was all that was happening. She may have also not known the exact translation for shooting or that someone had been shot. She may not have known that anyone was actually shot, as she stated she was hiding during this call. The only suspect info the call taker got on this call was really that there was a possibly a robbery going on and the suspect was white and he had a gun. The caller hung up at this point. My advice to call takers in this situation is actually twofold. If you encounter a caller that speaks English, but it's a bit of broken English or harder to understand, if you have an interpreter service, utilize that service. The detail at that point would increase exponentially with someone trained in emergency translation. If that interpreter type service is not available to your agency, ask questions of the caller that has as few options as possible. By that, I mean ask yes or no questions. Ask specifically things that would be pertinent to the call itself. In this call, if the caller wouldn't have hung up, we could have asked something specifically like, what color shirt? Was it red? Was it blue? Was it brown? White? Etc. Get as detailed as you can and make it so that the answers can be a one-word answer. And I'm not sure what type of interpreter service is used in Atlanta, if any, so I can't really comment on its usage exactly to this call. So the suspect entered here, shot three more people, killed them all, and then left. While police were responding to and getting on the scene of this call, almost directly across the street, the suspect entered another spa called the Aromatherapy Spa with the intention of doing the exact same thing as the other two. Yet, but I just got a call from one of my friends, and 
they say some guy came in, you know, uh, the we hear the gunshot and you know the lady is passed out like above the door. And okay, everybody's there, so everybody hiding. So I don't know what's going on exactly, but I need the ambulance or something over there in the location, please. Okay, at this location. Okay, one second. I didn't quite understand you, but let me know. Let my crew know to be careful. Okay, so what happened? I didn't. Quite I don't know you. exactly. I I I'm not there yet, but yes, um um um. Some guy came in and shot the gun, so everybody heard the gunshot, and um, some ladies got hurt, I think, and you know everybody's scared, so they're hiding in the behind, but uh, the ladies passed out. Okay, so, okay, let me just let everybody know what's going on, and I understand you're not there. Okay, one second. Okay. Do you know how old she is? She uh sixty, so somewhere around there. Was she awake? And we're all No, she okay? passed out. Okay, and was she breathing? I don't know. I'm not there I'm not there. Yes, ma'am. But you're giving me some good information. Thank you so much. Just bear with me, okay? I understand you're not there, and I'm going to put down unknown for the rest of the information. Okay? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Atlanta, go ahead and start PD and fire with your operator number. There, right on 5846. Okay, I'm 754. Oh. Okay, thank you. Miss Nina, thank you so much. Miss Nina? <sighs> yes, yes. Okay, I'm sending the paramedics to help you now. Stay on the line. I'll tell you exactly what to do next. Let me ask you this. Where did you say the people are hiding? They behind the dark. Like we have a bike. Okay. Like they're hiding area. inside inside the business? Yes. Yes, inside the business. Okay. Okay. And this was the extent of the call that was provided by Atlanta PD on this. Info on this again was limited likely due to several reasons. The caller was not on the scene. What probably happened here is that one of the workers called this caller because she knew how to speak English and asked to call the police and an ambulance. This actually does happen pretty frequently, non-English speaking callers. If the caller wasn't a direct witness to what happened, she's limited strictly to what is relayed to her on the phone from the other person that's actually on the scene. This caller seemed to speak better English than the first, but still didn't seem really exact in her English The caller, after verifying the address, stated that they uh, needed an ambulance. And then, from her own words, she said, some guy come in and shoot the gun, some lady got hurt, and the lady is passed out. Police dispatch did verify the location twice with the name of the spa, then transferred the call to the EMS dispatch, and then gave the location to the EMS dispatcher twice as well. The EMS dispatcher still asked for another verification for the location, the address. I'm not sure of their policy between the two agencies with regard to the address verification, but this didn't seem as fluid as it should be. There may be a limitation in their CAD systems, respective to the police and fire EMS systems, but 
in a location this large, I would love to see the address and any info already gathered to be able to be populated from one agency to the next without the extra verification, which takes time. But truth be told, I don't think it would have made any difference in this call. Luckily, after the suspect entered and shot one person, the remaining workers heard the shots and hit out in the back of the spa. I'm guessing when there was a lack of victims, the suspect turned and left from the scene. While all of this was happening, deputies from Cherokee County, the site of the first shooting, were gathering and trying to release as much info as they could about the shooting suspect, trying to cast as wide of a net as possible to try and catch him. They put pictures and video of the vehicle on various social media pages. They put pictures of the suspect next to the vehicle. At 6.51 p.m., info was entered into the CAD report that I have from Cherokee County, stating that a caller advises he believes the shooter is his son. He also told dispatch that he has a tracker on the suspect's phone. At this point, the deputies are likely headed over to his parents' house to get as much info as they can on him. At 7.02, an anonymous caller got in touch with dispatch, likely after seeing the same picture and video, and gave the suspect's name. One Robert Aaron Long gave his date of birth, along with some info of where he lived, and also that he was kicked out of his parents' house, and he was very emotional. It's hard to say exactly who this caller was, being that they called in anonymously. Could have been a friend or a family member, or who knows, but the info he or she was giving was correct. The suspect in this was indeed Robert Aaron Long. Alerts were going out all over the state. At the time, this was a mass murder. Unknown exactly how many people were killed, but nine total were shot at three different locations, all with the same suspect. Atlanta dispatch got a hold of Cherokee's dispatch and told them at 634 that they had a similar incident at an Asian massage parlor and gave the suspect description that was matching. At 713, deputies in Cherokee County had enough information to start a ping on the suspect's cell phone, a ping being a trace on their location. By 728, they started getting locations for the phone. At that point, he was in Monroe County, headed southbound on Interstate 75. This info was relayed to the deputies in Monroe County, and also that he was possibly stopping at a truck stop. The location was given, and that truck stop was actually in the next county down, which is Butts County. They were advised, and they also were told to send as many units as possible that the suspect is considered armed and dangerous. With these pings, police were also requesting location history on the suspect. His phone showed a history of being both in Cherokee County on Highway 92, where the first shooting happened, as well as inside of Atlanta. More people at this point were viewing the video provided by Cherokee County on social media. His former roommate called in verifying that's who it was. A former co-worker did the same thing. At this point, the pings continued to come in, still heading southbound on Interstate 75, with the latest ping at around 8.04 in the town of Unadilla, which is in Dooley County. The guy was driving pretty fast to be making this kind of time between counties like this. During all this, Georgia State Patrol had been aware of everything was going on. They'd been keeping a lookout for this guy in his vehicle and around exit 281 
on Interstate 75 going southbound. Georgia State Patrol finds the vehicle and gets behind him. They light him up and he refuses to stop. This is at 8.24 p.m. He continues to run, but the State Patrol manages to box him in. And then they use a pit maneuver to try to stop his vehicle. For those of you who don't know, the pit maneuver is when an officer approaches a suspect's vehicle from behind and deliberately bumps the car on the back corner in a sideways motion while trying to accelerate and attempt to send the car spinning out of control. In this case, it worked. But once the vehicle was stopped, the suspect barricaded himself inside of the car. This was at 829. But about a minute later, Georgia State Patrol, along with help from other agencies, took him into custody and then transported him to jail in Crisp County. So this overall was a terrible thing that happened, obviously. Details are still being gathered, and deep dives are happening trying to figure out what led this man to these murders. Usually I don't speculate or, you know, I rarely try to get into the motives of the crimes, but this one, the research I've done on it, needs to be included. A lot of people are stating this was a hate crime, that he targeted Asians, and while that may be the case, both I and the police believe that this is not going to be the case. It's not the main motivating factor. The entire thing seems to be sexually motivated, specifically with conflicts to his own religion. There's a very detailed article from the Washington Post. The next little bit, I'll have some direct quotes from that article describing details about the suspect in his past, and that will kind of help paint a better picture as to why this seems more sexually based and not necessarily a hate crime targeting Asians. I'll include a link to the entire article and encourage everyone to go over and read this article because it really is incredibly detailed with regard to the suspect and what brought him to this. Long and his family, they were always religious. Even back in high school, he was considered to be very religious. He was seen frequently carrying a Bible around school. Into college, he started classes, and then then about a year after he got into college, he left, saying to his friends he was strained from his faith and that he was fixated on sex to the extent he thought he was addicted. According to one of his roommates, he had a girlfriend, but that relationship finished once she found out that he was going to massage parlors. Long and his family were all Southern Baptist. The bylaws of his church views adultery, fornication, homosexuality, bisexual conduct, bestiality, incest, polygamy, pedophilia, pornography, or any attempt to change one's sex or a disagreement with one's own biological sex as sinful and offensive to God. This is a pretty harsh statement, especially for someone who believes they have a sexual addiction. In August of 2019, he was at a place called Maverick Recovery, which is where Long was trying to seek treatment for his porn habit, along with frequenting these massage facilities. This statement is from both his parents and a roommate that was there at the facility with him. That same roommate would sometimes hear confessions of sorts from him. He said he hated the pornography industry. He was pretty passionate about it and what kind of a bad influence it it was having on him. He felt exploited and taken advantage by the whole industry. Long then deleted his social media accounts. 
he got rid of his smartphone and then went and bought a flip phone all in an attempt to wean himself off of porn. He also installed various blocking software on his computer so he couldn't access any porn sites on it. Long also told the roommate that he had had sex with or was masturbated by the workers at the various massage businesses. His guilt continued to grow. He stated to his roommate that he was having suicidal thoughts at one point and was living in sin and walking in darkness and felt like he was fighting for his own salvation. His roommate tried to talk him into going to a sort of a psychiatric care facility, but long refused. He left the Maverick facility and transferred to a place called Hope Quest Ministry Group, a location that specializes in treating sex and pornography addictions. There were conflicting stories from various news sources about the possible activities that were going on inside the spas, news sources along with the mayor of Atlanta, apparently. CNN claimed on one report that it was not clear whether the businesses affected were places of sex work. During a news conference on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Bottoms stated that the businesses were legally operating and had not previously been on Atlanta Police's department's radar. Though an AP report stated police records show officers went to these businesses repeatedly in the past 10 years, which appears to contradict the mayor's statements that officers in her city had not been to the businesses beyond a minor potential theft and that they were not on the radar of police. Further than that, and quoted from the same AP article, police records released by the city Friday show that there were 10 people arrested at the two Atlanta massage businesses on prostitution charges, but apparently none of those were since 2013. All the arrests came in undercover stings where an officer paid for a massage and an employee offered sex or a sex act for more money. Those reports were first obtained by the Washington Post. I'm not saying in the least that even if this these places did have sex work going on there that they deserved to be any of the workers deserved to be murdered. Quite the contrary. My reasoning for including these statements in this episode, again, goes to the possible misinformation that goes into the killer's motive. As you've heard, there's a lot of information that backs up this being a set of murders that has its base in sexual and religious issues. This plus not all the people he shot were Asian. Also past that, an old roommate asked him once, why go to the massage parlor and not just some random prostitute? Which Long responded that he thought the spas were more safe. So a lot of his sexual addiction revolved around these spas, and that was his focus. He also stated the, to the police that he wanted to originally kill himself, but then after thinking about it more, he decided that it would be better if he helped others with similar sexual addictions by killing the employees of spas like he had been attending. If you own a business of any sort, but especially like these, please give your employees some sort of way of defending themselves against an attacker like this. Pay for somebody to come in and train your employees on how to deal with something along these lines. With a little bit of training and proper tools to defend themselves, several lives could have possibly been saved. These are all heinous crimes, and I do hope that there can be some sort of peace for the families of those involved, and that swift justice can be imposed on the suspect if he's found guilty.
I hope this episode was informative for everyone listening. If you'd like to talk more about this, because in the coming days there's going to be likely a lot more info learned and released, head over to Facebook and join the discussion group called Music City 901 Podcast Discussion Group. Like the main Facebook page at Music City 901 Pod and follow on Twitter and Instagram, both at Music City 901. Think about donating to the show to keep everything running and afloat with a single donation at the website www.musiccity911.com or by becoming a patron over at patreon.com. For Music City 901, this is Brandon Hall. Y'all have a good one.